0: Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass DeDomis starts now. This is Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show Part 2. Brad Kilgore is dealing with some technical difficulties, so I'm here with my guest, Coach Chase Ryder. Uh, we're going to talk a little NBA hoops, our Wizards insider. We're going to start with uh, a arrival. Of sorts on the Philadelphia 76ers. They penciled in Joel Embiid, uh, runner up in the MVP this year to four years, 196 Supermax contract. Thoughts on the 76ers trajectory and Joel Embiid getting the bag. Chase.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, they had to do it. Obviously that's their, that's the franchise right there. So it's funny because all these guys are getting paid so much. It's not even about the number. The the number means nothing for me. It's really about the years. Um, But like they had to commit to him um, more than Simmons, obviously, but like, yeah, I mean, he deserved it. I mean, he deserves it. Like he was healthier last year than other years, still not, you know, probably where they want him to be. Um but
0: yeah it's it's a shame that his his injury actually hit at the worst timing in the NBA playoffs because he right. had his best season by far as far as regular season and as far as their ability is concerned.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's funny because when he got hurt, uh I forgot what, what game it was, but it was a it was a home game for the Wizards in the playoffs. And when they brought him back to the locker room, I think he got hurt in the first quarter. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think he was killing. I think he maybe had like eleven, eleven, and like five in the first quarter, killing Gafford, killing. Um, yep. And then he went back to the locker room, and man, everybody was in there, including myself. Like everybody, I'm talking about GM, assistant GMs, massage therapist, trainer, assistant trainer, strength conditioning. Man, there was like you would have thought it was Kobe and his team. Like that's how they treat him there. So again the signing it wasn't surprising to me um that's their guy and they're rolling with him and who knows what they're going to do with Simmons and all that but
0: yeah
1: I, I think philly is kind of philly they kind of have their <laughs> you know. and it's funny cuz everybody like everybody argues about like all oh, that Kawhi Leonard shot that Kawhi Leonard shot doesn't go in philly goes to the finals it's like that's not true yeah. at all i mean like if that doesn't go in they just go into overtime who knows what would have happened
0: but yeah, yeah, you can't play the what if game like I no. mean, I'm I'm so I'm so tired of that. Like it, you get you give people credit for winning their championships, whether they play a banged up team or not. Like that's part of the game. Um, you can't you can't make those excuses. And, and for me, you had you had to do this at, at Philly. Um, it's probably your second ba- best player in franchise history. It's coming off a season again that he was second in the MVP race. He was second in the league in PER behind Jokic by a very small margin. He averaged. 29, 11, and 31 minutes per game to do that is just just high ceiling efficiency. You're talking about when he's healthy, a top five player in the NBA. And last year he was playing a top three level. And when he's, you know, just uh, 80% of himself, he's still a top 10 player. He can dominate on both ends of the court, and he is the most powerful interior force that we do have in the NBA. I know Jokic won an MVP, and a lot of people like Jokic better because of his durability but if we're talking about heads up in a matchup, I, you know, it'd be hard pressed to find someone that's like, okay, I'll take Jokic over Embiid just because of the factors on both ends of the court that Embiid brings. It gives your team a chance, a chance to win a championship, right? And that's what you you got to play for, especially when you're, when you're Philly and you haven't been to the championship since 2001 with Allen Iverson. Um, you got to ride this out. You have a player in the prime of his career and to lock him up is huge for your team because you just don't get these type of, talents on a team you gotta you gotta you gotta keep them if you can even if, like you can't think about trading them out now you mentioned it Ben Simmons is the guy that's talked about he's not in 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 the building uh he's speculated in the trade rumors he had the debacle in the playoffs where he was refusing to shoot in the fourth quarter and yes he finished second in defensive player of the year and he's got great vision great size and really a great young player but he didn't show up when it mattered, and it's clear that he's not a great fit with Joel Embiid. So what can you get in return for Ben Simmons is is the question in this four-year period because I think Simmons still has four years on his contract. So you don't, don't necessarily have to move him right away, but you got to find the right time um, to push your team over the edge. And Daryl Murray, I feel like um, he can make some, some type of splash, whether it's Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum or – the other players that have been rumored here, uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't close the door on Philly, but with the Nets and the Bucks, seemingly for the next three four years, they're going to be very dominant teams. It's going to be hard to get past them, I mean, even Miami Heat. So, what what do you do with with Ben Simmons if if you're Philly? Do you, do you trade him now? Do you hold on to the trade deadline, or do you wait to the end? What's your kind of ideal on Ben? which is it, the biggest it, kind of looming mystery in the league because Brad Beal has not come out and said, Hey, I want to get traded. So right. he's the guy that everyone's looking at. Where is he going to go?
1: It, it's funny because last year was probably the first year where I thought that Joel Embiid was a beast. Like all these years before you had Shaq being like, like I remember watching inside the NBA and B would have like 21 and nine. And and Shaq would be like, that's not good enough. Like that's not dominant He's like, he needs to go out there and give me, like, 34 and 22. Because, like, again, Shaq's talking about from his experience. He could do that whenever he wanted to. Last year, I felt like Joel was doing that. Like, he had some monster games last year. And I also think he was doing that because he was shooting less threes. And they were just putting him in the post, just boom, right away. Where, I don't know if it was Doc Rivers or Brett Brown, but I think.
0: I think it had something to do with Doc Rivers running the (laughs) offense. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
1: Right, and Joel, they like, loved – when Brett Brown was coaching, they loved that trailer three. And it's like the, – the, and the and the awful thing about the NBA is if he makes one, let's say he even makes two, it's like, oh, he's hot. Keep feeding him. It's like, man, any, anyone can make a three. Let, let's be honest. Anybody can make a three. And it's crazy because, like, if you're a bench player, you come in, you hit two threes, it's like, oh, you did your job. It's like, yeah, man, it's more so than just hitting a couple threes, man. Anybody can hit a couple threes. But that's why I feel like this year, and he probably – you know, this is why he got the super match, because he proved that he can be a beast whenever he wants to on the block. Um, but going back to what you said with Simmons, I feel bad for the guy because I love Ben Simmons again. No, he's not a shooter. Or you know what? We don't even know if he's a shooter or not, because we, we haven't even seen if he can shoot or not. It's funny because like in all these all in these off season workouts, he's shooting and everyone's like, he can shoot. Man, yeah. I don't care. Any M like for real. Any NBA player can shoot 80% in a workout or better. I mean, that's why they're in the NBA. Yeah.
0: But that doesn't. They, mean- say, they say Dwight Howard be cashing threes, in, oh, uh, in,
1: workouts. McGee cashing threes yeah. in workouts. And then in a game, it's, it's you know, they make one and everyone goes crazy. So, like, yeah, I don't care what they're doing in a workout. But it, like I said, Ben Simmons, he has all the tools. All right. I don't think it's a good fit with him and Embiid. Um, And what kills me about Simmons is when they lost and got, you know, eliminated from the playoffs, you're not going to blame Embiid because he was playing with an injury and he was still playing, you know, awesome. Yeah, he was
0: still playing. He was very, very productive.
1: So the media and the fans are like, "Who who can we blame? Boom, let's blame Simmons because he is our, you know, half of our franchise, him and Embiid. He's our all-star. He's not putting up numbers. He's not contributing in the fourth quarter. But like, what I feel bad for is like being the coach that I am. It's like, hold on. Let's talk about Doc Rivers here. Let's talk about Coach Rivers because everyone (laughs) plays with Doc Rivers year after year after year. And I get it. I think Doc Rivers is, is a good coach. I don't think he's where he was with Boston. And no one blames Doc Rivers, which is hilarious to me because like his time with the Clippers, he had teams. Like everybody, kind of blames, like not blames, but like says CP3 choked. Like Griffin was, you know, getting he was kind of not at, playing at his All Star level.
0: In oh, just the year prior, they were up three one against the Denver Nuggets, and they with with Kawhi and Paul George, and they they choked. They didn't make any adjustments. They choked that up.
1: Right. So you have Doc Rivers. So so the main the common denominator here is Doc Rivers and. Realistically, nobody saw Atlanta beating Philly last year. But, like, Doc Rivers got no criticism. It was all Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons. I'm like, come on, man. You got to – like, how are we just blaming one dude? One dude is not going to change anything. But, like, if he's not –
0: only shot four shots in the fourth quarter of the whole series. And we exposed them. The Wizards really in the first round doing the hack of Ben, it kind of exposed him and crushed his his mental – and because he was shooting, uh, I think it was the worst free throw percentage um, ever in NBA history, as far as how many he he actually shot by the end of it.
1: Right. And and again, yes, he only took four shots in the fourth quarter, of the whole series, and all these stats and you and what people watch and you know you're seeing that he's not aggressive, but like we got to put some blame on the coaching staff for that. We didn't that's,
0: even.
1: That's no your job, has, coach. The, and, like every coach, every team in the NBA, they run the same place. They run the same exact place. It's how do you manage your players. And and
0: and, and where, who gets lost in all this? Tobias Harris's name never gets mentioned. He is a max guy. They gave yep. him the number that they should have given Jimmy Butler. And he gets lost in all this because he, he, like, at the end of the day, you'll see the you see the stat sheet, and you will be like, "Oh yeah, chill, eighteen, you know, twenty eight did his part." But like, no, he's a max player. He should be putting your team over the edge. Like we see what Chris Middleton did for the Bucks, and that's kind of where we need to see Tobias step up if uh, Philly wants to ever be champions.
1: Hundred percent. That's a great point. But like I said before, he'll never get criticized because he makes his two threes a game. And media, fans, coaching staff—they—they they see that, and it's like I'm telling you, if you can make two threes in an NBA game at any position, you're you're good. You're not gonna get criticized. And that—and I mean, Simmons not even attempting threes—that he's getting criticized. And it's 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 just a crazy time in the NBA.
0: They, they missed Danny Green, who went down, Uh, and Cork Motts is playing a very heavy minutes. You really don't want to see that. Uh, Tyrese Maxick is going to take a jump. You got Jaden Springer, who is a, a promising young guard, and I call him the bulldog because he just gets after it on both ends. I think he's Philly tough. I think he fits that team very well. Uh, You get Andre Drummond to uh, now take place of uh, Dwight Howard in those minutes when Joel Embiid is off of the court. So you're looking at a, a pretty similar team as you did last year and hey they did have the number one record in the eastern conference like they were they did have a chance in that in that game six and seven to to be in the eastern conference finals and then once you get into that situation you never know how that matchup plays out with the Bucks. so um i I wouldn't say hit the panic button and call it a day but you had to have paid joel Embiid, and um of course philly fans are gonna Play the what if game and yeah, Jimmy, whether it's uh Markel Fultz situation instead of taking Jason Tatum or whether it's Jimmy Butler, the list goes on and on and on. And, yeah. you know, save those tears because those fans, you know what? I don't want Twitter to come after me. We'll move on. Um, you mentioned a guy. I just want to squeeze this in because you did mention Jawell, uh, Javale Mcgee making threes in ups Uh, you know, being a you know Wizards guy, watching him for years, and and you know, kind of being laughable at the, the league looked at him and he shacked in the full champion and like the, the, the dude's a great teammate. He's really good at basketball and understanding his job. He's a two-time NBA champion now. He wins Olympic gold. I know that's your boy Chase. How do you feel about uh, Javale Mcgee? Now being an Olympic champion, an NBA champion, he's the first um, son and mother to both have gold medalists, as his mom, Pam McGee, won the, I think it was 80, 84, uh, the yeah, championship yeah. for women's school, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, three-time champ, Ravel McGee. Two like, excuse gold.
0: me, excuse
1: Two, me. Hey, one with the Lakers, it's crazy. Yeah, no, man, I'm so happy for the guy. Like, Obviously, his, his career started off just being the Shaft and a fool. Champion with 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 the Wizards, um and the thing is, he he was so young when he came to the Wizards. And the entire those,
0: locker room was too.
1: The entire locker room. But those were the years with Andre Blatch, Nick Young, Dominic McGuire, Javale McGee. They were young kids having fun because the Wizards were awful, and they knew we were awful. And they were just young cats, just trying to you know they had they went to the NBA. They were out. They're making money, and they're just having a good time. And they know that there was no leadership on the team. They're just going to do what they want. So, And 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 right there, I mean, I know I was front court and center there. I mean, JaVale McGee never had that mentor coach. I mean, him, him, him and Flip Saunders did not get along well at all. Um, it was just a bloodbath after that. And then traded him to Denver for Nene. And JaVale actually showed – that he can play in this league. I mean, he was there, he got some run in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and he actually he played well. And then when they got rid of him, then he started flipping. He went to Dallas for a year, and then I then he went to like Philly for maybe a 10-day, and then he was kind of done. And what really uh brought him back was being on those Golden State teams and knowing his role. Where I feel like when he was with the Wizards, he didn't know his role. That's why there was a bunch of times he's on Shaq to the Fool, he's getting the rebound, he's going and you know, tragic Bronson alert. Um yeah, was every, cool.
0: everyone was trying to get, get kind of get theirs, and he just didn't even have the tools to go get his because he is, he is a, he's just a perfect role player. He's gonna go, he's gonna create havoc defensively in the interior. He's gonna offensive rebound very well. He's gonna catch lobs, and when you you don't have people doing that, and you got Andre blatts isolating, you got Nick Young doing Nick Young things. Right. It's it's just it's hard to kind of find your your own ground there.
1: Right. And then and then, you know, Golem say he had a, a tiny role, but he still was efficient in his tiny role. Then he goes to LA and he has his best year of his career. Yeah. And he was starting center. LeBron liked playing with him. They are throwing oops to him and he was he put up stats and he had he had a, a very nice role with the Lakers and then he ends up winning a championship. And now, you know, and now he gets, you know, uh Kevin Love gets Hurt during the Olympics, they bring him in because yeah. he really have any height. And now he's like, a, like we said, three time champ, Olympic gold medalist. It's like, holy shit, this dude just changed his whole legacy 360 degrees.
0: And everyone went, trashed that pickup. Oh, Why did they get JaVale McGee? We got all these other players. He ended up being perfect because he matched up with Gobert against France. And that was the most important matchup, even if it's only a five, 10 minute spiel. He knows his role. The year before with the Lakers, he doesn't play against Houston. He comes in against Denver and plays heavy minutes against Jokic. So, like, it, his humility, um, his ability to be a great teammate, he's, like, the loudest guy on the sideline. He makes everybody smile and joke, and he's comfortable in the man he is today, and he's matured. It's been a beautiful thing to see, and for you to watch him on the sideline as, you know, 19 years old and to get to this point, is it's
1: got to be cool as so. hell. Oh, man, so so cool. I was actually real close with him when he was, when he was playing for us. We were, we were good friends, and I'm, I'm just super happy for him um again to change your whole career and and have all these accolades and attributes to put on your resume is awesome and and he's i'm telling you i tell all my boys this people don't know this about javel mcgee one of the smartest dudes in the league and you'll i mean people but it's crazy people don't see that and people just have their own opinion about him because of his play on the court and it's like that has nothing to do with his intelligence this man is a genius i mean he got he got a, a.
0: you can see where it comes from if you've seen a documentary of w- Women of Troy, um, right. showcasing that USC team with um, his mom and his aunt, who's you know starters on that team. They are so d- damn smart and, and and fierce competitors. You can see that that type of background and pedigree has helped you know shape him to be th- this smart player.
1: And he won a glo- uh, Golden Globe, I think it's a Golden Globe for uh, like he produced one of Justin Bieber's songs. And he, has- <laughs> yeah, man, I'm tell you, his resume is crazy.
0: That's crazy. I found out that uh, Chris, Chris Weber had produced two songs of, of Nas's because oh, okay. he was talking about an interview. And I'm like, Chris, like the Chris, Hall of Fame Chris Weber, he's he's making songs for Nas. Like, so it's so funny yeah. how the, the music game in, in the right. NBA
1: game. That multi-talent. was inter- multi-talented, man. He at his house when he was playing with the Wizards, he had like a little studio in there just making beats like he. he multi-talented
0: well and you see katie katie's in the studio uh he he was one who helped uh put Dave East on as far as uh making a couple mixtapes in his own studio yeah. um going back so um it's funny how these people kind of intertwine but this is kind of on the fly question because it, it, Javale made me think about otto and now otto porter jr a guy that you know very well he's now going to golden state where that's where javel mcgee kind of you know found his role in the nba and auto porter jr is now not a max player he's not the guy that with this big contract where people are are killing it because um you know he's just not that stature of player but he you know he earned that contract he's got his money but now he goes to a situation where clay comes back and you know the warriors are the warriors are for real the warriors are damn for real and now they got auto porter just coming in off the bench and knowing his his role and i feel like it, it's a perfect fit. What do you, what do you, what's your take on Otto and his kind of his fit in Golden State?
1: I think it's like you said, it's a perfect fit for him. Uh, it, you know, it isn't, he is my guy, and it's like everyone just puts him on this pedestal. Is that we saw the Wizards put him to the max, yeah. but like you can't blame him, you gotta blame the Wizards. The Wizards gave him all that money, and just because he didn't produce the way that the fans wanted to, him they're like, he's a bust. Otto Porter can play, he is a catch and shoot player. and. He showed a little bit in Chicago, and really just fucked him up with just injuries. Uh, he, he's he's injury prone. He's had a lot of injuries, and then they trade him to Orlando, and that, that was just—I mean, obviously they were just getting rid of his contract. He barely—I think he played maybe three or four games, and then just dealt with more injuries. And I think this—I mean, again, it was—it's a, a great fit because the Warriors, like we said with Javale, they can put you back on the path of where you want to be as a basketball player. And they save careers, and I think it's a perfect fit. I think he's going to be great in that system. Just put his ass in the corner. Just let him catch and shoot. I and mean, that's how he really got paid with the Wizards. He was in the corner. John Wall penetrated. Boom, corner yeah. three. Otto can shoot. He can shoot oh. the shit out of it. So I think it's a great fit. I think Draymond, like when they go with that high screen and roll with him and Curry, and they tra- and they trap it and they throw it to Draymond, it's either going to be an alley to to uh, who are they even got? They James White side. White, well, yeah, uh, Weissman, and, Wiseman. yeah, James Wiseman, um, Kevon Looney, or it's gonna be a corner, a swing to the corner with Otto for three. So, I, I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's gonna, you know, bring him back to the player he was with Washington.
0: And talk about JaVale. uh, this guy's a very, very smart player, and he can't just only hit the three, he's a very good cutter. Um, I remember that for Georgetown, he was amazing all around, uh, player, and uh, he's competitive defensively. Um, he's a, he's a big body. He's one of those guys that you can throw on the wing uh, defender. And when you're talking about his his shooting ability, when he sees the ball go in, you got to watch him because he he's looking to shoot that next 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 time. And the and the Warriors they this is they're they they've been built on this. They get on those streaks, those twenty run streaks, and Clay gets hot, and they 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 find a way to like you know go from a, an even game to up twenty within like three minutes. And I think he fits that perfectly. They bring Iggy back. Um, yep. Andrew Wiggins had a sneaky, really good year, and especially defensively. You got young guys in Kaminga and Moody, and what perfect locker room uh, personnel you have in Otto Porter Jr. and Andre Iguodala to kind of show those guys the ropes. And I think Moody can play right away. They all of a sudden become this really deep team, and I think it's dependent on if Clay gets back to 100. But the Warriors are scary. What do you? What's your kind of season projection for them? Since we haven't talked about that on this pod yet, like. Do they have a chance to come out the West or where do you yeah. see them seeding wise? And
1: it's all about if Clay is going to come back and be Clay, obviously. But that's hard to say because, again, he's coming off two huge injuries. I mean, he hasn't played the last time he played an uh, NBA game was the finals against the Raptors, which feels like 10 years ago. So. Yeah. If Clay and it's hard to say, but if Clay can be Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, you got Steph, you got Draymond, you got Wiseman, who's going to be in, he's going to be more comfortable being in the second year. Uh, you bring back Otto. Oh, sorry, you, don't remember, you, bring you bring Otto in. in yeah. You bring back Iggy, who I don't think is going to get a lot of run. He wasn't playing a lot of Miami, but he's just going to be that locker room guy who you know he can contribute ten to fourteen minutes. And you can close with him. You you'll feel comfortable yeah. in him the closing lineup. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I see them in the top four in the West.
0: Me too. I do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they found their way in the Western Conference finals. And you never know an injury here, injury there. You you know, you, you find yourself in the NBA finals. You know, uh, if we all look at on paper, we all are looking at the Lakers and the Nets. But sh- shit, the, the Lakers, AD goes down. They're up 2-1. And then they just get obliterated by the Suns. So, like, Jamal Murray goes oh, up you never know you know if the injuries are going to turn into your favor um but they are a lot deeper and they have they have a youth movement now they got some young players we didn't even mention Jordan Poole, um right. but that kid that kid can light it up too a little bit so um i'm very curious and Steph Curry he's playing better basketball than he's ever played in his entire career i, I last year what, what he did um it was was legendary it really it really was he was playing even better than how he was playing in his mvp season. it's just his team his surrounded pieces weren't as strong but it, right. the, the, the dude averaged 40 in a whole month it was he, he's beautiful he set the record for uh three pointers made in uh average three pointers made in in, in, in a game i think he averaged six threes per game which is just uh next world so <laughs> I I I think this is gonna transition well as we're talking about the Warriors. We're gonna go in, in the past a little bit because it's kind of been the biggest news of the week. Um, Katie and Draymond Green get together on um Draymond's little podcast on the bleacher report called Chips, which stands for you know chips on your shoulder. And they address the Katie uh Draymond argument, fallout, and ultimately him leaving to Brooklyn. Now, Katie blames Steve Kerr and Bob Myers. Um, "Quote: It wasn't the argument; it was how Steve Kerr acted like it didn't happen. Bob Myers tried to just discipline you, Draymond, and think that would put a mask over everything. In my opinion, they effed it up. Chase, what, is this uh is this is this a hundred? Like, is this KD being real or do you see? I don't know. What's your what's your kind of take on the on these comments? Because Ke- Kevin Durant has obviously been one of the most interesting athletes." of our time and trying to get a, get a pulse on kind of his, his psyche and his mindset. And obviously he's right now considered by most the best player in our NBA.
1: Right. I I thought it was a great interview first, first and foremost. I thought it was awesome. I'm surprised that like, it didn't get as much attention as I thought. I don't know, because maybe like ESPN didn't, they, you know, it was like, I guess it's through bleach reports. Maybe that's why they weren't like advertising as much. I mean, I on first take they talked about it a little bit, but like I thought it was gonna be, I thought they were gonna blow it up and the media was gonna be like, Draymond's talking all this shit, KD's talking this shit, Draymond's out of golden state. Like I'm surprised that didn't that, that didn't blow up. Um, but like for me, it's the timing. Why are they talking about this now? What was the motive behind that? like
0: my quick answer on that is they just won the, the the gold medal championship and now they're they're like they're brothers again they're cool as hell and they're going to try to point the finger at somebody else's mistake like like it wasn't inevitable i'm like i'm not buying this like they he was going to leave right and if he doesn't get hurt they still win the championship so like draymond calling him a b right and whatever else was coming out of uh, draymond's mouth that went completely over the top and was very disrespectful um I, it wasn't gonna affect them winning or losing the championship I think if they go three-peat KD I, KD still was gonna he wanted to do something on his own but he wanted to ride out this last see if we can get a three-peat anyway so I, I'm not buying that it's, it's Steve Kerr's fault or it's Bob Myers like for disciplinary reason like how they handled it and try to mask it up like Steve Kerr the way he runs and as the head coach of that team um he's not gonna try to alpha these guys he's gonna try to fit these personalities in a way which has created winning success you're not gonna try to overtalk uh draymond clearly like okay. you have very very headstrong personalities and you're gonna try to just you know the players gotta figure this out right I, i'm not gonna like I, i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh buddy, bob Myers, is he just blamed it on dre like no they're men They're men, and they're gonna figure it out. Like you see Clay go in between the two of them when they're like shouting at each other, just kind of like ease ease the moment, so to speak. And you know Steph Curry's the leader of that team. You don't really see him in there, but he's just like a chill guy. Like y'all figure it out. So right,
1: it's funny you just said that Stephen A. was he was going off at that Steph like he's like why isn't Steph talking about this why isn't Steph part of it you saw when they were fighting I it's saw like,
0: that on a clicker but I didn't click it because I didn't I didn't even want to entertain myself with his don't nonsense
1: blame, don't blame Steph like I was why I, I actually went to YouTube and watched it again and yeah. it's funny they, they go back to the bench and it's Dre it's Clay and Katie and they're beefing at each other and Clay is just sitting like, he's just chilling so yeah he like, called,
0: he puts himself in the middle because he was on the side yeah. And so then he, like, he migrates in the middle. And then, you like, you see Willie Green leaning over just trying to be like, yeah. yo, calm down. Like, there were people in the middle of it. But, like, that happens. Like, at the end of the day, he should have passed him the ball. Like, give him the ball. Like, it's KD. The game's right. on the line. Like, he, there's a reason why KD's like, give me the ball. Like, it made sense. Like, of course. Like, it's just Draymond Salty. And, you know, he took it out on him.
1: Right. So, I mean, like I said, it was entertaining. But it's like why are we talking about this right now? This was a long time ago. My my favorite part about it was when they're talking about when Katie got hurt in Toronto and, and Jay, Draymond was like, yo, we would have won back to back to back. Like we definitely would have won that. And Katie was like, yeah, of course. like Easily, easily. Without a question. Without yeah, a question. Easily. Like, I mean, yeah, I think everybody agrees, but it was just, it was, it, it was cool to see an athlete like be cocky, but I mean, like I said, it's, it, I think the, the fans of, the, of basketball agree, like, yeah, he, he knows. Like, he's confident and cocky, but, like, it's true.
0: It is, and he is he is comfortable in his own skin and his own personality, and he has definitely matured as years uh, have gone by. He's gotten introspective on who he is as a person, um, and he, he doesn't cut no corners. I think he honestly believes in his heart that, it, like, Steve Kerr and Bob Myers had, you know, they're part of the reason why – he left like that's what he thinks even though like i'm gonna call bs when i see it that, i think yeah. that's how he just he has a different uh, mindset I uh, something that i took away he said happiness like draymond asked him about happiness and he's like happiness is a fleet feeling he's like i don't want to chase that i just want peace and flow through life enjoying that very moment and like, he asked him about kids i thought that was very interesting that he can't delve into that part because he's so focused on his goal and he's like look I I mean I guess I'm more ready than than I ever could be but like I'm still not I'm not trying to do that sorry but I
1: love love that part too because it was just (laughs) out of left field like they're talking about hooping and they're blaming Steve Kerr and Myers then he was like hey why and Draymond was like hey Katie why don't you have any kids and I'm like damn like that has nothing to do with anything and it was but it's like and like if I'm putting my foot in their shoes it's funny because like I'm 30 year old man. I don't have kids, and I'm like Katie's. He was turning 33, so even yeah. he was like, well, "I'm only 33." And it's like funny because, like in the league, a lot of these guys, these guys are either coming to the league with kids or they just have kids. Is like pretty, you know, the average expectancy of them having kids are a lot younger than I think the average male who has kids in real life. I think the so.
0: I, the yeah, the average the woman that's dating uh, an NBA athlete is. Trying to get pregnant and have a baby quicker than the average woman in this world because right. they have financial security. Like it's just, right. it's right. just easy. Right. Like you see, Tyler Hero has a girlfriend now. She's you know seven months pregnant after like right. me, like knowing him for like a year and a half. Like and right. uh, and I think that hopefully that that'll help mature uh, uh, a Tyler Hero because I think that was something that like was definitely a focal point of him last year. But he's such a young kid, and you see yeah. that with some of these years they have kids and they mature and they just it helps right. them. In their game and in life,
1: yeah, I agree.
0: So a very interesting um, interview, and I agree with you. I thought Draymond was very on point. I think that the uh, the kids thing came out of left field. Like it, I think it was genuine. Like that's my head. This is what I just want to talk about. It like you're my man's, and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna we're just gonna talk about kids a little bit. And I thought Kevin's response was so
1: uh, KD. It was awesome. His response was awesome.
0: <laughs> it was super awesome. Now uh, execs uh NBA executives and front office, 10 people were polled as far as who's the best player in the NBA. And they do this secretly. Tim the so ESPN does this every year. Uh, this year it was split five, five Giannis and Kevin Durant as the best player in the NBA. Now two years prior when the Lakers didn't make the playoffs and LeBron had that first uh, kind of major injury of his career, he was not voted. And then last year when they won the NBA championship, LeBron James was back again, the number one guy. Um, who's your take on best player in the league? Uh Kevin Durant getting five, Giannis, who beat him head to head winning game seven, and then exploded in the finals, getting another five votes.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny because this survey was 10 scouts. And it's 10. Survey- it's
0: like this is what everyone thinks. Like it's crazy. Right. And the
1: survey, the survey that I really like that I look forward to every every offseason is the GM survey that NBA.com does, because that's yes. 30, all thirty, yeah, it's all right. thirty. Mm. And that—that that, I mean, this one is like this. This got some, you know, media and people were t- this. People were talking about it, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Giannis has to be. For, I mean, for me, because again, you're not talking about. And I think that's where LeBron's disconnected. This we're not talking about over the last three, four, seven years. We're talking about mm-hmm. last year. So who was the best player in the league last year? And that's re- the real question. And it's again, look. Like, LeBron's so mad, but LeBron, you were not the best player in the league last year. Giannis was the best player in the league last year, and KD was right behind him. But, like, again, you have to give Giannis the edge because what he did, I mean, winning the championship. Finals
0: MVP, 50-piece to finish it off.
1: Right, but, like, how he did it, This everybody thought after that injury, the hyper-extension, that he was done. Like, he, he probably thought he was done for a year. And then he comes back and does what he does. Like, I've never seen anything like that. And people will hate on him because, again, like, I'm going back to my threes. He ain't, he's not shooting threes and he's just kind of driving and dunking. But, like, that's basketball. So if he, if you can't stop him, which no one can't, he's the best, he's the the best player in the league right now. Right.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, and see, I'm not mad at that argument. Um, I still think, LeBron James, the best player in the NBA, and yet the last year he was not the best player in the NBA. And I just kind of look at, you know, I guess recency, like two-year sample size. I think before his injury, he was the leading candidate for MVP. I think he should have won the MVP the year before leading the league in assists and then ultimately taking that Laker team to the championship. Um, Kevin Durant missed the year before that with Achilles injury. They lost head-to-head with Giannis. Yes, Kyrie was not like he hurt his ankle. He wasn't playing hobbled James Harden, but you know, the facts are the facts like Giannis is, is on the top of the mountain and I'm not mad at anyone saying that he's the best player in the league. He's a defensive player of the year. Formerly he was the back-to-back MVP this past year. I think he might've finished third or f- I think fourth in MVP voting. Like he, he deserves all the credit and you couldn't be happier for a type of person that he is. He did it. He did it the right way. Um, he did it organically, and what a great human being! And he says, you know, even if I don't ever have win another one, this is, you know, this is already the most fulfilling things. And we'll see. He um, he he might at the end of his day, um, he he'll be competing for one of the greatest power forwards to ever live. Like Tim Duncan's going to be hard to push, but I think right now he just passed Dirk, and like he's moving up slowly, moving up that list. And we've seen power forwards in the past, like one of their biggest setbacks is they they haven't dominated as far as championships are concerned. I think that's what the Tim Duncan separator is over all those other guys because Charles Barkley and Carl Malone, they never won one, but they are some of the greatest players to ever live. So it'll be interesting, but it is it, it just shows you where our league is, that the fact that you do have LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Giannis, uh, you have Steph Curry and Kawhi Leonard. These are some of the greatest basketball players to ever live. And, you know, the torch kind of gets – passed around a little bit. You see KD winning Olympic gold, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, he's he's the guy. Um, but it, it's 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 a very, very entertaining and fun time as an NBA fan. And speaking of a NBA fan, uh, we did want to tap back into our Wizards season outlook. Uh, in our previous pod, we did speak about some of the rookies. Um, but I did want you to get your full perspective on the new look team. We got Russell Westbrook out. Um, but with that, you bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, who was averaging twenty and six before he tore his ACL. KCP, obviously known as uh, uh, one of the league's best uh, outside snipers in that role. Kyle Kuzma, who needed a fresh start. Montrez Harrell, who you know just removed over you know six man of the year a couple of years ago, or finishing second. How do you like the moves? What you're projecting for the season? Um, and then I guess the other looming question is, what do you do with Brad Beal in, in that kind of situation?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, obviously they had to do what they had to do with Russ. He, he wanted out; it out. It was obvious. So, you know, they got some pieces. I actually thought they were going to get Schroeder in that deal. I would have liked Dennis Schroeder. Um, I in thought part so of, too. And part of that deal. Um, the thing is, the Wizards are deep as in if you read the 15 guys, you know yeah. all of them. You know all mm-hmm. of them. Like there's no more Garrison Matthews. There's no more. I think Cassius Winston might be might be done. So there's there's the average fan. Gil,
0: yeah, all those Gil. guys.
1: So you know the names, you know Kuz, you know Trez, you know KCP. Yep. Even Aaron Holiday, you know, because of his last name. But like again, you got these guys who are who are role players, and now you're putting them onto our squad with Beale. So it's going to be interesting to see what the rotation is going to be. Uh, I'm interested to see how Coach Umsel Jr. is going to start with the rotation and to see how it changes throughout the year. Because, again, uh, everyone's, is, everyone's loving these moves and loving Aaron Holiday. But it's like I, I think people love the moves because, they, like I said, they know of these guys. People know who's them. um yeah. But you got a bunch of role players right now. So, yes – they are deeper, as in they're going to produce more off the bench, but I'm more worried about the starting lineup. Like, how is that going to look? And, like, again, we got all these new guys, but then how are you going to fit them in with Denny, with Bertons? What do you do when Thomas Bryan gets back? So there's, like I said, there are names on our roster, but –
0: and what do you what do you see Unseld Jr. doing? Do you think they're going to start? Denwitty, Beal are probably your locks. Probably Rui is a lock in that starting lineup. And then what, do you go Kuzma and Gafford um, until you know? I guess Bryant comes back, or does Denny does Denny start? Like it'll it'll, it'll be interesting.
1: I, I hope Denny doesn't start because I think that was a huge mistake last year starting Denny. Um, yeah, because again, he's not a he is not your guy who's going to come. in Average, big numbers. He he knows how to play the game, so I
0: feel he doesn't like- really shoot. He doesn't really shoot. Um, he's he tries, it, He does but- other things.
1: Yeah, no, he 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 he's he knows how to play the game. Yeah, he he plays a very European style game. Mm-hmm. They're trying to change that, and that you know that's why he shot awful from three point line because he's not a he's not a three point shooter. And they were they were putting him in the starting lineup, and they were putting him in the corner, and just having him shooting. But I think he would be great with the second unit. And I think he would flourish there, where I think the first unit, like we said, if we have Dinwiddie, Beal, Rui, Coos, and Gafford, I think that's a solid starting five. Then off the bench, you got Trez, you got Bertons, uh, Aaron Holliday, Casey. You should take on Bertons. Uh, See, here's the problem with Bertons. 60 mils. He's never going to live up to the, um, the amount of money. If yeah. the Wizards weren't going to give him that contract, somebody, some other team would have given him a similar contract. So he's going to – I mean, what he did that first year with us was incredible. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to top that. Yeah, And it, it's funny because he's got the green light. And I think that the first year he was hitting his threes, he had the green light, and I feel like – he got paid and he's like oh i can just do the same thing again but defenses you know they adjust and they see that and i feel like mentally he wasn't making his his open threes he wasn't making his contested threes and it was just like a lot of his threes were just poor so- shot selection and they were just, he was just throwing them up and when you don't when when you have the green light and you don't make threes it gets in your head you start you start you know, changing your shot a little bit. And I think, you know, the off season is going to help him. And hopefully he can come back and make a couple threes. But he he has a ceiling. And I feel like he's just going to be criticized because if he's not averaging – if he's not making three and a half, four threes a game, averaging 16, 17, it's, it's not worth
0: it. And maybe he is – this role does change his, his hunger level because, like you said, he did come – he was paid – he, he had like some injury. He was out of shape um, to start that season. They kept trying to play him in. And clearly with the roster that we had assembled last year, we needed him. We needed his production. And then he had the big number on him. That was a lot of pressure. Now you kind of put him in a situation where you got a lot of guys who are NBA caliber players playing your same position. And now you got you to gotta fight to get it again. And maybe that makes him go into the lab a little bit harder. And he, like his shot – doesn't lie it's pure it's it when he and when he's going he's one of the best pl- uh, shooters that we have in the nba and maybe finding a role where you know kuzma's taking a bulk of the minutes with with Rui, and now you're coming in with with ajvia and he's not going to be shooting he's finding you and maybe holiday's finding you like maybe he finds a role with this this bench lineup and her and and trez and and we're competitive in the east and it, in part because he gives us some production with that um, kind of unselfish bench lineup. So I'm intrigued to see how that goes. Um, That's why I think it's going to be hard pressed to get Kispert some minutes with all that firepower that we do have. And that there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Kispert got better each and every year at Gonzaga and you know, he, some players it takes some time to look, feel the NBA. Not everybody comes out and starts balling their rookie year. So I think it was a safe pick for the wizards and, um, I think I, I like I like that going forward and who knows what's gonna happen with Isaiah Todd. Where do you see them finishing in the Eastern Conference?
1: I think they're gonna be it's kind of similar to last year. They're gonna fight for that seven to ten range because you know when I'm looking when I'm looking at the East, you got Brooklyn, you got Boston, you got Philly, you got Atlanta, you got You gotta put New York in there. Absolutely. Miami. You got Miami, so there's Six, seven teams right there. So I think they're gonna be in that middle tier. They're gonna be battling against
0: I think the Celtics come back and um with 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 Schroeder. I think well, they're always gonna be a playoff team. Look at the Pacers, the Hornets. Right now I got them at like eleven after like the Pacers, but I can see them definitely fighting to get into the playing game.
1: You know, I agree. I think they're gonna be fighting with teams like Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte. You got to mm-hmm. see that. You have to add Chicago in the mix.
0: Yeah. Chicago's a playoff team now. I think they'll be in so, the top eight for sure.
1: Like I said, they, you know, I think the best they'll get is seven. Um, and I think their range is kind of seven through 10.
0: All right. Um, just kind of, I'm going to spit fire some, some kind of final questions just because, I mean, we we are here with the man on the sideline. How cash is shooting coach Dave Hapla guy who helped train
1: michael jordan dave uh yeah dave hoplitt dave hoplitt he uh he is the <laughs> best shooter in the world i mean it's funny because like the kids these days they know uh lethal weapon on instagram and it's like it- it's funny to me because like the shooter he,
0: yeah who's a, he's <laughs> a local guy he went to a washington christian man that kid oh, uh oh, that Matt, chris guy, matthews man. Oh my Chris god! Matt,
1: yeah, lethal, yeah. Shooter, lethal weapon, lethal shooter. So it's like it's yeah. a funny because yeah, he can shoot, and he does all of these things on Instagram. He's shooting like milk crates and all this, yeah, and yeah. all this, all this stuff. It's like the kids love that, but like if you if we go in the gym, I am putting my my life savings on Dave Hopla to outshoot anybody in this world. I mean, I, I, he comes to my basketball camps every summer, and he shoots and he shoots. I mean, every year it's 99%. I mean, when he misses, it's like, whoa, it's weird. It's weird when he misses. And know, weird.
0: in
1: a, a one-hour lecture, he's he's missing anywhere from two to four shots. And it's like, whoa, that was while delivering,
0: like the, what While what delivering the, was the was mechanics ahead. and how to shoot correctly this cool. entire I mean, time.
1: And it's funny cuz one summer I'm like yo let me just let me just shoot. I mean I, you know I I could still shoot a little bit. So I'm like let yeah. me shoot and talk at the same time and I'm like yo this is impossible. I don't know how the guy does it.
0: Shout out uh Dave Hopla who you heard it here. Um he is a better shooter than Steph Curry. Quote us. Um <laughs> a couple other uh uh quick fires uh who you got? Gilbert Arenas, John Wall, Russell Westbrook. Have you seen them all up here in person. And um, I mean, I obviously we saw Gilbert's g- greatest days in John as well. I mean, you saw him as a rookie and come all the way through to, you know, be that 10 assists per game. And then Russell Westbrook led the league in assists last year and averaged 12 rebounds to, to go along with it. And uh, he set right. the NBA record for most triple doubles of all time.
1: You know, it, it, it's, it's, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I think, that john wall it was more impactful um on and off the court than russ and gill i mean it's close with gill with russ again it's crazy that he's got he's the all-time franchise leader in triple doubles that's what he (laughs) does it's crazy but it's not surprising to me yeah Um, but you know he he was here one year and, and and you know that was it so i think again if i'm if i think wizards washington wizards you know, you obviously you got you gotta throw in Gilbert Arenas, you gotta throw in Antoine Crom, but I mean John Wall could, you know, at, at one time, you know, when when it probably between the years of like before he got hurt, maybe like 2013 2016, he was the he was the face of the city. It wasn't Ovechkin, it wasn't Bryce Harper, it was John Wall. Everybody knew who he was. He was the man in DC. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, can you um shed a little bit stronger light on it because you said like on and off the court his impact and I think that that's something that maybe some of us uh local guys can understand a little bit deeper but I think that the national public they look at John as maybe not a great teammate they, they speculate that him and um Brad beef which was totally overblown their brothers as well documented but like what kind of like To me, I see him as just this really good leader and just a really kind of great human being who, yeah, he had some immaturities as far as the clubs and and other things were concerned off the court. But, like, the guy's a solid – he's as solid as they come. He reminds me a little bit of Dame, like, as far as being just a solid dude.
1: Solid dude. I'll I'll never forget when we we drafted him, you know, this this 19-year-old skinny guy, he – I remember working – training camp when we first drafted him and he was calling everybody like, sir, it was funny. We're the same age. And he's like, good morning, sir. I'm like, sir, no one's ever called me, sir. So he was super polite, super nice guy. I was really close with him. Wow. And then like, obviously yes, money changes these guys, unfortunately. And, you know, he had his entourage five deep with him and, you know, it's, but it's funny because like people see him on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, posting all these videos at the club and the gang signs. It's like, Every NBA player goes to the clubs. But the thing is, because he was the guy in D.C., he had the cameras on him 24-7. But we don't – the average fan doesn't put their foot in his shoes. Like, how how are you going to act when the cameras are on you 24-7? So, like, anything he did that was, quote-unquote, not appropriate or, or bad for kids, he got grilled on. But, like, this man did a lot for our community. Every year he does a Absolutely. backpack. Backpack. Uh, event that he hosts not only in dc but in his hometown and raleigh so like what he do, what he has done again on and off the court and like i said we we had some really good teams and mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately that's how it goes like like you said earlier the utah jazz ran into michael jordan all those years they had a really really good team just because you didn't win a championship or go to the eastern Conference finals doesn't mean it was a fail I mean there's yeah. only thirty teams in the league. Only one, only one of them is gonna have the ultimate goal of winning a championship. So
0: and unfortunately we ran into LeBron James a lot. And when that goes down back to Gilbert and Antoine Jameson not closing off baseline and LeBron James find a way to get around that and you know ultimately hit, hit some very tough game-winning plays, and we we took him to the break. We were like the first team that battle tested LeBron. Um, yeah, everybody goes back to that Pistons uh, series where he, he he finally got over the hump and he, and he took over. But uh, if it weren't those matchups against Gilbert, like you missed this, you're going home, like those type of uh, events, um, LeBron wouldn't have been ready to, to get his team over the hump. So the Wizards definitely um, get, you know, the nod there. Now, <laughs> LeBron James is my fair player. And I did want to hear because he's had some of his greatest performances in Capital One Arena. I was at the game where uh Kevin Love threw it full court and he spun and goes glass on a three pointer to to give his team uh, a chance in overtime. I think he had like almost a fifty triple double that game, but some of his most epic performances were in the building. What's your takeaway with seeing it you know live like head to head like you're watching this gameplay you're passing towels to the guy i mean what 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 you what you see from um LeBron James and what does it look like? you know, in person?
1: You know, it, it, it's funny you ask me this, because personally, I mean, I, I see in your background, you know, I see you're a LeBron guy. I am personally a Kobe guy more than a LeBron. Um, what I will say is, I don't Everybody
0: know. shout out um, August 24, though, by the way, coming, coming this week is uh, Kobe day. Bring right. out your
1: Kobe uniforms. Exactly. Um, it, it's funny, because I, I don't see every you know every year he comes i just say it's lebron i don't have that like oh my god moment where when kobe came it was like oh man that's that's kobe bryant um and you know it, to be honest it it's probably because of what lebron has done in his career he's kind of rubbed me the wrong way um at some points like even even last week when he when it, the 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 scout survey comes out and he tweets out like, oh okay, I see how it is like Wash King. Like, come on, man. Like, that, like, uh, he. I mean, I, it's great to be cocky and everything, but like, I've never. He's never come, and I'm like, oh my god, that's LeBron James. But yes, like you said, he has dominated the Wizards. He is a Wizards killer. That I was right there when Kevin Love threw that pass, and I'm just like, first of all, how does that happen? How, how how does Kevin Love throw a ninety foot pass?
0: He's the how only person we, that can throw that pass off point because he, he went it, ran out there and the, and didn't even get a look at it. He just threw it, to the spot.
1: How do we let him catch it? Um, and and how does that go, shot go in? But I mean, yeah, he, he's one of the greatest players. You can't I can't knock him on that. He's one of the greatest players ever. Except just personally, I don't because I'm not a LeBron guy. I don't. When he comes, I'm just like, oh, it's, okay, it, it's LeBron. Like I don't have that like like starstruck, like, wow, this is LeBron James.
0: I think there is something about, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 32, you're 30, and Kobe was everything growing up. Like, I, all of my friends were Kobe Bryant um, fans because he's winning championships when you're eight years old. It's kind of like the Michael Jordan thing for, like, 10 years prior. It's like you right. see this winning, and, like, it. I, I even get that feeling. Like, I'm the biggest LeBron fan ever, but, like, when I saw Kobe in person, it was it was it is different because i've seen lebron play you know in miami i've seen him play in washington so i've I've seen him play many times i've also seen kobe play in staples center and here in washington but like um the one the fans like it's like you see the fans just have a different um like glow about him they get a little they get more emotional emotionally tied like if he were to shake someone's hand you know, that person's crying um, but he has a he has a glow. He had one of his worst games in Staples Center, but it was just like he hits a, a, a shot with under thirty seconds to go, and at this point he had thirteen points, probably one of his season low points. MVP, MVP. This just shows like how much he he's just so beloved, and and we did, was, you know, it's a shame that we we lost him so early because I think he was just starting to put his foot on his stamp on his impact in the world, and he's he's somebody that will never die. So. Right. Shout out, shout out to Kobe Bryant. So I, I definitely see that. You see, I got the Kobe jerseys in the background too. I, I mean, I just absolutely love the guy. Um, and there's no, it's, there's definitely no
1: hate. It's funny because with Kobe's last game at capital one arena, uh, there was a picture that some photographer took the year before of me and him, like I'm at the scores table, checking them in. Oh, I've and seen it. So yeah, I was like, Man, I gotta get the sign. And I went up to him and he was super nice about it. Like it was like, you would think like, Oh my God, like, how is he going to react? He was like, Oh, of course, like him the Sharpie, he signed it. Like, you know, I told him he had a great career. It was was super cool. We're like, we're LeBron. Like everyone's like, do you have LeBron's autograph? I'm just like, nah, I I don't have that same emotional feeling towards LeBron that I had with, with Kobe.
0: That's awesome. So going from um, something a little, you know, more emotional to the other side of your emotion and that's laughter. Who's the funniest Wizards player? Because, you know, Outside looking in, we've had some, we've had some characters in here. Gilbert Renis is high, hilarious. Nick Young, um, down the line, JaVale McGee that we've talked about, but who, who, who's one of the funniest wizards and what are some of the things that just make everyone laugh over there in the sideline? Uh, man, that
1: was, like you said, there's been so many, I mean, Nick you gotta Young, have
0: those guys in the locker room. too. Nick yep. Young was
1: wacky. Um, I mean, Andre Blatch, like the whole, that whole era, they were funny, but like surprisingly he who's he was really funny, I would say and a good dude, but funny as well as Marcin Gortat. Gortat's a funny, funny dude.
0: Tat, oh, and he had some really good years for us. I mean, that pick and roll it, with him and John Wall is one of the most underrated pick and rolls of all time.
1: 100%. And, and super nice guy. And like I said, like, yeah, he was funny. Like I, towards the end, because there was drama between him and John, like I think yeah. it wasn't as he wasn't himself, but the first couple of years when we were playing well, man, yeah, he he's, he was a funny dude.
0: That was one of the contracts we we actually hit on. We've paid some yeah. guys and it hasn't worked out, but the Gortat experience in Washington, I think it was well worth the money game. We took a, a gamble since he was um, backing up Dwight Howard over there in Orlando. And, we gave him a chance to start, and I think he was, like, he was good. He was a good pick-and-pop uh, player. Like I said, we, he rolled well. Um, we just didn't have, I guess, the final piece of the puzzle. And then, obviously, you know, you have you have good and bad luck in the playoffs. But to be competitive and to be in that situation where you can go to the first, second round of the playoffs as a fan, it still, you know, it kicks your intrigue. You, no one wants to be bottom feeders. True. And so I guess to wrap things up, I got another question of some of the friendships you might have formed because these people are professional athletes. Uh, They do this for a living, but they're still human beings and people don't always see that, that they are, you know, regular people just like me and you. They have emotions. um, They have highs and lows and things in their regular life affect them. But like you said, John Wall. Um, kind of knowing all all the tenants, all the people that work for the Wizards, and showing them love like that's I mean, I, I salute that. What what are some of the you know the relationships that that you form? We've talked about Otto, we've talked about Javale, but like has that surprised you? And two is like how cool of a feeling is that. And when it becomes normal, when it's not just like hey hey Mr. Bryant, you know it, you you have that back and forth. You can text uh, Javale, be like, what's up, man? Congratulations on winning your gold medal.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I mean, when I first started, I was 16 years old. Um, and like the closest guy uh, on the team was me and Antoine Jameson, but like he wasn't hitting me up. I mean, I was in high school. He wasn't hitting me up to like hang out and stuff. And then, you know, when we drafted JaVale, um, you know, he was at a, you know, he, I think he was second two years out of college. So he was like 19, 20, 21. I was around around that age. You know, I was like maybe two years younger than him. So you know, he was like my true first like friendship. Like I was hanging out with him out of work, um, and yeah, it was just it, uh, the first couple times it was just like super cool. Um, but then like that super cool just turns to like wow, this man like I'm actually friends with this guy. Like he texts me to like come over to his house and chill. Um, and then when we got rid of him, um, I was really close with Otto Porter, um, my cousin. Who's a NBA agent represents Otto. Um, so we hit it off from the first day uh been a good friend ever since uh, so we went out in lobbies to hang out a bunch when he was uh playing with us and even now that he is not playing with us we you know we still talk a lot um I was really close with him during those years it was you know me him and Gortat we were we were really close us three um
0: who, who's who you cool with these days like on the current roster
1: you know, on the current roster, not 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 anyone anymore, really. You know, when I was when I was close with like Javel and Gortat and Otto, I was working in the Wizards' home locker room. Um, and now you're on the way side, right? Yeah, so now I'm on the visiting side. Yeah. So I don't really interact with the Wizards guys as much. Like even from like I'm trying to think, Brad is like the only guy now who's still on the team that I was because this is my going to be my 15th year overall. I'm the, I was in the Wizards locker room for seven years. So this is my eighth year working in the visiting locker room. So like the only guy who was on that team was Brad, um, and Brad, you know, he's got a family now with kids. So and that's that also what happens. Like as as like as I an athlete gets gets older, they you know they get family, they get kids, they're not going out as much. Um, and like I said, they're a professional athlete. They got to do that. Then they got their family at home. Um, so they, they their lives change a lot, you know, once they have a family. Um, but you know, working in the visiting locker room, I've established some really good relationships with guys who are visiting team players. Um, I've had you know, Kyle O'Quinn come speak in my camp. Um, I've had Malcolm Miller come speak in my camp, who's a local, he played at Gaithersburg High School. Um, and yep. a scanner, I was with him this summer for a week. Um, and again, that's just like knowing him from just coming, you know, he's. Coming twice a year. Um, and so that, I mean, that's, and these guys kind of just know me now. Like every time they come to DC, they, they kind of know me. And it's cool, like, you know, the first seven years, these guys from the Wizards knew me by my name because, you know, I'm there every single day. Where um, it's even cooler for me that these guys know me and they only come twice a year. But now, you know, you see them twice a year for, you know, for that was seven, seven times. I've seen these guys, you know, 14, in more times and even like in the playoffs like you know we we played pretty much like the raptors i think it was two or three years in a row so like i'm really close to kyle lowry as you see in the back i got a kyle lowry fine hey. um, jersey that he did for me so like he's really i'm really close with him too
0: and i i feel like i can speak for both of us it's just uh an honor and a privilege when you are a sports fan growing up and it you know it takes so much of you you're so into all of this to become adults and then have these conversations. You know, I've I've interviewed, you know, Chick Hernandez and, and Doc Walker and then it, it sat down with Santana Moss, Clinton Portis, you know, oh. Adrian Denton. Like, these are things, these are dreams that you want to have. And then you you sit down and you talk to them and you're an adult and you can have adult conversations. It's just a blessing to be in this situation. It's an honor. And I just think it's really cool. I, I support you all the way. I can't wait to see you do... Um, your head coaching at, at Northwest I, I wish you all success you've earned it um you've built that pedigree to kind of see you where you are today you know I'm proud of you and um it's been awesome having coached Chase Ryder on the way out do you have any any plugs any 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 things you want to you want to drop out there or any shout outs as we start to close things out
1: yeah i'm just going to say man i appreciate it man this this was super fun uh, i know like we you know we've known each other for a while now playing adult league against each other yep. and has some battles and then uh, you know rip both teachers now and you know I know you've coached basketball and uh, hey
0: they, and these uh these pod guys they haven't seen me they know. don't know they like no, my, my other buddies still here like they're just like oh coach you know but they ha- we all haven't pooped together um right. but but hey, my my buddy Chase, he he can vouch for me. I can vouch for him. He, this guy is a stud, and uh, we used to match up in those those summer league championships.
1: One hundred percent. So yeah, no, this is great that you're doing this, and I, I'm so super happy to be on here and, and talk hoops. And I can talk hoops all day long. So let me know. I'll, I'll come on whenever you need me. And like I said, uh, you know I post a lot of my stuff on Instagram. So just hit me on uh, three points SG twenty. Um, that's where i post a lot of my wizards pictures and then uh you know i have my own uh now i've created my northwest basketball page so hopefully you know hopefully that we'll have a season and we can get things rolling so i'm excited to get back in the gym and and coach
0: absolutely and i'm going to take you up on that we're going to bring chase back uh all things not just wizards but all things nba uh you did a wonderful job and been probably my best guest that i brought in so We're going to finish a little plug talk. Whenever you find your podcast, go follow the Triple Play Fantasy franchise. Look out for our baseball, basketball, and football pods that drop every week. Our Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel is dropping content every day. This includes Coach's Corner with myself and Coach Coleman. Movie Minute Reviews with Brad and Johnny. Super Fantasy Bros with Jacob and Kevin. Fantasy 15 Sports Arguments in 15 Minutes or Less. Between the Scenes with Marty and Mac for everything fantasy baseball related. And Fantasy Foodies with D. Mindy and his crew. Check us out. We got everything you need. We're going to continue to grind and make this the favorites like the Brooklyn Nets. Check us out on Twitter and IG at Triple Play Fantasy. Thanks again from the entire Triple Play Fantasy family for tuning in.